0: Award winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer, and outdoor expert novice,
1: Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, this week we're we're going to have to keep moving on the ledge That's right, fishing we topic. got so deep into it That it was, we ran out of time yeah, so, we, so we just
0: had to do a reprise
1: here So we brought back uh, Bill Dance To I mean, oh wait, no, uh, Jason Holland <laughs> to help us out <laughs> I'm not nearly
2: as good looking <laughs> as Mr. Bill Dance
1: <laughs> No, we got Mr. Jason Holland back with us And he's going uh, to recap a little bit of what we talked about last week But also dive deeper into some of the stuff No pun intended, because we are fishing a little deeper We are um, uh, Some of the things that We didn't get to cover last
2: week. So that's right. A little more in depth. Yeah, it's this time of year. I mean, there's so much when it comes to offshore or ledge fishing, whatever terminology you want to use, that, you know, we kind of got, I got sidetracked. I'll take full responsibility. I get fired (laughs) up. This is one of my, it's probably my second favorite way to fish. Fall fishing the grass. Nick and Jack is by far my favorite, but uh, ledge fishing is right there at it. Because again, you can go out and you can have, you know, 50, 60 fish days that's not uncommon and so that's you do a lot of work and sometimes you only catch five or six and that's yeah. i still love it but man when you go catch 50 or 60 yeah that's when you're fishing yeah right that's that's catching and loving every second of it. yeah that's when you get back in the truck as you're fishing all day and you're exhausted because it's a thousand degrees and your side hurts a little bit from Setting the hook so many times? Yeah, that's... And your thumb looks like you put it in a meat grinder? Yes, sir. That is... uh, That's what brings us back every Uh, single time. Those
1: (laughs) pictures. I can only imagine.
2: Well, I want to uh, cover the the raffle real quick. If y'all are
1: following us at all, you know the raffle is going on right now. The Tennessee Conservation Raffle, uh, sponsored by our Tennessee Wildlife Resources Foundation. Ten prizes, ten packages, plus 100 additional prizes to be awarded. And that big item that everyone would love to have. $50,000 toward a Ford vehicle. That's it. $50,000 voucher toward any Ford vehicle from Mid-South. Ford dealers, uh, there's a lot of those around Middle Tennessee and uh, and around this area. Uh, even in northern Alabama, I believe, there's a lot of uh, Mid-South Ford dealers. So you got uh, many places to go find you a truck or a Bronco or a...
2: A Ford Taurus, if you want it. Tell you what, I love those new Broncos. Yeah, those are cool. Those are really cool. I may have to go ahead. Actually, I'll just go ahead and tell everybody who's listening. Don't get excited about that four package cuz I've already won it. Just I've already got my dibs uh, on it. So
1: now if your name gets drawn, <laughs> that's going
2: to be so weird. That's a
1: fishing
0: forecast
1: yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, I feel
2: like somebody's going to be uh investigating oh, if oh, my prophecy. All right, it's you better be ready to pass it on. <laughs> Look, we're going to pay that one forward to somebody else. Uh-oh.
1: But anyway, we appreciate Bass Pro for for throwing in a, a boat this year. Uh, The one that started it all, the elk hunt package, that's the premier elk zone one hunt with a rifle and boots and package from uh, Danner there. Um, Bass Pro, again, coming through with a UTV, Uh, the President's Island Deer Hunt, Final Flight, uh, Waterfowl Hunt. I'll take that one, too. Some of your friends, four people can go on this one, so that's cool. Uh, thanks to Academy for all their support this year, especially with Free Fishing Day, and then with throwing in a five thousand dollar gift card and uh, a lot of fishing gear can be bought yeah, there. Yeah,
2: I'll take I'll take that one too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So i write
2: that down, will you? <laughs> That's the three I'll take, please. The okay. uh,
1: turkey hunt package, Governor's One Shot with uh, Preston Pittman, Best of the West Long Range Shooting. Uh, one of these days, we're going to advertise these from the ground up so some we'll of these get a little more airtime. Uh, the Henry rifle. With the foundation logo and. Dude, the three
2: star. I mean that. Yeah. That's, that thing's killer. hmm Look good. A, I'll go ahead. Actually, I'm sorry, Todd. That's four. <laughs> I need that rifle too. <laughs> all right, making sure we're all together.
1: And then if. Uh,
0: Last but not least, don't forget yeah. about the knives.
1: Yeah, hundreds. There's, of, there's a hundred prizes. of those, right? Yep. So, if you don't win one of the big ten, you got another hundred chances to take home a knife. So.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna need about ten thousand chances based yeah. on my luck. But you know, this could be the turning point. And those tickets break down. Did we go over go that? Ahead.
0: Okay, one one ticket, just twenty bucks, or you can get three tickets for fifty, mm-hmm. or you can get ten for a hundred bucks. That's the best deal going right there. And if you visit the TWRF website, uh, twrf.net or raffle.twrf.net, if you visit there, you'll see the countdown. You'll know exactly how many more days you've got to go and. Uh, Anyway, you get all the details there on their website, and yep. and the the money that gets collected from that, our foundation is there to support our agency, and yep, and uh, last year's winnings went a long, long ways to uh, help do the federal matching dollars. You know, a lot of times uh, we get dollars from the federal government to do uh, uh, wildlife habitat and and buy land sometimes and, and a lot of different things but there's a catch to that federal money you got to have a match right. usually a 25% match to, to make that happen so this really really helps and helps really you can count that the that each of those dollars ends up being about four dollars so mm-hmm. yeah wow, that's, amazing.
2: I did not realize that yeah, yeah. there you the, go so they'll just to make sure I'm clear so for every dollar in essence it matches up to four dollars yeah from the yep. federal government. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, I don't know about everybody else watching, but obviously, uh, I live here, fish here, hunt here, and so anything that I do that goes back to what I love to do, and not just myself, uh, my family, and friends, and everybody else. I mean, what a great way that I could spend uh, personally. I'm gonna obviously spend the hundred bucks and get my. I want to better my odds. Yeah. Still I'm still. I I've already got four <laughs> set up with Todd, so I want to better my odds to maybe win five. <laughs> But the fact that hey, I'm gonna give a hundred bucks, I have a chance to win this, but even probably more than likely I'm not gonna win based on my past history of luck. But the fact that my hundred now becomes four hundred mm-hmm. uh and that gets collected all together and goes to helping protect and also grow what I love to do and where I right. live, I mean right. uh, where where do you get that? I blow a hundred dollars on a weekend and I have no idea where it's at or what I've done with it. Or I'll take my family out to eat and there's There you, know, you go, that's hundred bucks. <laughs> right yeah, there. so self promotion. Yeah. I've already won four, guys. You only have six chances, but uh, it's still a good feeling. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it was fun. Last year, Brad Snedeker, the professional golfer, he yeah. he got the elk. Uh, or he was the first one drawn, so he chose the elk, and then he passed it on to a wounded uh, veteran. And So that was pretty cool. Wow, that is awesome. He said, I just wanted to support. I didn't even want to win, but he ended up winning and passed it on. So <laughs> How
2: credible is that? I can tell you right now, if I win the, the truck, I may pass that on. The boat? <laughs> I mean, you're really going to be testing my generosity. But anyway, uh, still a great cause. Yeah. And it goes to uh, everybody that's listening here. Uh, it goes back, I mean, it goes back to your home state. So yep, exactly, what a fantastic
1: sure. way to do it. Well, la- last week, uh, ledge fishing, we we're going to uh, elaborate more and talk more about some other baits and things you could use. Uh, but recap real, real quick, and we'll jump in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, last week we... Uh, I wound up talking too much. I take full responsibility. But uh, there's so much with ledge fishing uh, or offshore. uh, And and just to to make it easier or to uh, scale it down where we can at least try to fit it in this time frame, really what I'm talking about ledge fishing is anything you're fishing that you don't see the bank. You're not throwing to something toward the bank, near the bank. This is going to be off the bank. It still could be in a creek. It just could be uh, a, a hump or out in the creek, or it could be the creek channel. Uh, It could be the main river channel and that's really what we're going to kind of dial this in or book in the conversation is we're talking about uh, Kentucky lake ledges, which again are uh, Legendary across the country and across Mm -hmm. the world and we're going to talk about uh, current and so really what When we talk baits and the how we're fishing uh, or what we're fishing Those are our conditions other things that we talk about, again, with are throwing toward the bank, and so it's much easier. But this, just for context, is we're talking about Kentucky Lake ledges, and we're talking about summertime, and we're talking about current flow. Just as we go through these, keep that in your mind. That is condition that we're fishing. A million different conditions, but we're going to have to try to try to yeah. squeeze it all in. Narrow it down, yeah. Yeah. So we hit the last time about crankbaits. Um, we talked about deep diving crankbaits. Uh, we talked about uh, anywhere between... Uh, baits with rattles. We talked about baits that uh, did not have rattles that were silent, and then we also talked about uh, big flutter spoons um, and little spoons. And, <laughs> and little. S- <laughs> well, that what's, was what? relative to the. To yeah, the huge I mean, what's funny there. is that I mean, typically when I when I used to fish spoons, it was super cold. Uh, yeah, little, you know, little one and a half, two inch spoons. Yeah, a little small guy. Um, and that's but offshore ledge fishing. You're talking. This is a five inch Strike King flutter spoon. Uh, And then this is the Castaic Ben Parker Magnum flutterspoon, which I think is a seven or eight inch bait. Uh, So we hit on those. But what we kind of hit real fast on, those are reactionary bites. And those are baits that are going to cause those fish to their predatory instincts to kick in. They're going to bite it because they think it's a bait or they just want to kill it. But then you said they get conditioned sometimes to some of those. That's a hundred
1: percent correct. Have to change it up a little bit. You
2: do so when you when they first slide out there and all the fishermen start getting out, you can those more uh, aggressive type baits. Uh-huh. You can catch them. Uh, as they get later on in the season, they've seen a bunch of that. Or the only other caveat to be would when you hit that school and you pounded on them and you've got all the fish on aggressive baits that you can, then you come back with uh, less aggressive. Uh, and what I mean by that is that's going to be your, uh, your jigs, your soft plastics, your slow-moving baits. Uh, that's really where that kind of comes into play. So right after, once you catch them all out of school and they slow down, move to those baits. Or later on in the season, uh, I, I'll give you an example. So middle of July, when I first go to, my, when I go to my first spot, I'll take the first three or four casts and I'll try something to maybe try to pick up that one or two more aggressive fish. And then on, when I'm fishing that spot or that school, I throw them down and then just focus on uh, bottom or slow-moving baits. Uh, and that's what we're going to hit on today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk uh, jig heads. We're going to talk the soft plastics. Uh, and then also going to uh, talk about one other cool uh, product that is going to help you when you catch those deeper fish and you're bringing them up. Okay. And some of the things you got to deal with. All right. We good? We're going to hop right in? Let's yeah. Do it. Let's do it. All right. so Football time. Yeah, we're going to talk about three different types of jig heads. This is, if you can see it on the screen, it's just a a souped up shaky head. Okay. All right, we're all familiar with the shaky head, you know, that uh, uh, eighth ounce or quarter ounce ball type head, and you put a worm on that and you fish that. This is the same version, it's just beefier, it's a three-quarter ounce, it's got a six-aught hook. So it is a big... uh, Big hook. It's a big, meaty presentation, and again, you throw this on the bottom. I call it the stupid head. You throw it out, and you ain't got to be smart. You throw it out, you just slowly drag it. Uh, And that's how you catch them. It's a slow-moving presentation. It's in their face. You throw it in their house. Uh, They're not going to bite it necessarily out of aggression uh, or being hungry. Uh, they may, but again, you're not triggering that reaction strike. A lot of the times, it just comes by their face, and their natural instinct is again, they don't. Well, my favorite saying is they don't have thumbs, hmm. right? They don't. They don't have <laughs> hands, so the <laughs> only way they're going to do it, they're just going to bite it. And so, uh, this is great. And you can throw anything on the back of it. Uh, you can throw a Zoom Old Monster Worm. Uh, you can Texas rig this worm. Uh, in this scenario, we're talking about putting it on a jig head, but it, it's kind of a staple. I mean, the the Zoom Old Monster. Eh, that's just. That's what you throw. Uh-huh. Uh, I will throw in one tip: uh, if you're on Kentucky Lake, summertime, if you're not throwing the plum color, you're missing the boat. Mm. You plum missed the boat. Yeah, plum missed it. If you're not throwing plum, uh, free tip. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, throw plum in the summertime. Pretty, much, I mean, I say Kentucky Lake, but pretty much anywhere that that color just gets bit. Huh? Uh, again, if That's somebody if somebody figures out why and can tell me scientifically, I'm in. Mm-hmm. All I know is it works. Uh, so. Make sure you've got Don't know if plum. that's true, but it happened to me. I could not have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shaky head worm. Um, same type of presentation. This is just in the football style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're fishing more rock bottom or you're fishing uh, shell beds, it, it's, a great, uh, it's a great way. And the, the, the shaky head that I showed first works great, but if you can see, on, it, it has a more arrowhead-type uh, shape. There you go. Uh-huh. And so, if you're fishing around bigger rock, these have a tendency to they they dig in, wedged. Yeah, wedge. There you go. We're a football. Football. How'd you like that? Oh yeah. Football. You're welcome, Todd. <laughs> Try to fix it. Edit that out. My hillbilly <laughs> coming out in me. A football head. Uh, again, has that oblong shape, and so it works much better in rock. And we've talked about that before. Uh-huh. Same thing. Uh, just a different uh, head. All right, this is a uh, football head, but it's called a wobble head. And for what that is, it is the football head style, but the hook actually attaches um, to a, what would you call that, another hook? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. It's Basically, you have a free swinging hook. Uh-huh. kind of like a swivel, but not really. And this can be fished a lot of different ways. You can slowly drag it. Most of the time, the way you want to fish this is uh, you want to fish it real slow. You fish it like a crankbait. Only slower. So what happens, this is dragging. I'm sorry, not dragging, but you're slowly reeling this, and it's it's hopping. It's bouncing. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to necessarily just keep it on the bottom the whole time, but it's just, it's swimming along, and it's bouncing. It's creating that action. And because of that pivot point, you get much more action out of your bait because yeah, it's free swinging.
0: I can, I can see that.
2: Cool. Call it a wobblehead. Uh, these are absolutely killer on the ledges at Old Hickory. Take a uh, Strike King called a rage menace basically just a real small uh it's a smaller scaled down version uh of a uh creature bait Mm -hmm. and it's just got two little flappers on the back it's very uh uh it's not aggressive it's pretty subtle and on this it's just absolutely wow two
1: tips one night
2: yes do not tell everybody (laughs) i'm just kidding tell everybody i don't care uh we're going to talk about the one thing we always consistently talk about for some reason somehow on this show Probably one of my favorite, just because it's so versatile in every scale, uh, is the Tokyo rig. Um, fish it the same way you do the other stuff. Just, you know, put a, I put a three-quarter ounce weight, a half to three-quarter on the bottom of it. Uh, and then you can turn around and put, you can put a big worm on it, or you can put a, a crawl-type bait. Uh, you can just put a, a, a straight stick worm on the back. However, yeah. uh, just my, I say this every time, just experiment yeah. If you're throwing it and you know you're in a spot where you know there's fish and you throw it three or four times, five times you're not getting anything, you know, soft plastics are cheap. Mm-hmm. Pull it off, throw another one on there, until you figure out. And here's the great thing: once you figure out for the day, really what they're keyed on, because there's a lot of reasons why they're keyed on it. We don't have time to go into barometric pressure, pressure. We don't have time to go into pre, post, front, all that stuff. Long story short is, once they get dialed into it for that specific day, unless there's a big change of the you know, of the weather. Uh, that day, that's what they're on, and so once you get it figured out, that, hey, they want they want a 12-inch worm. You keep you keep throwing a 12-inch worm, you're uh-huh. going to get bit no matter where you go. Or uh, maybe they want something small. Maybe a little four-inch, uh, you know, uh, Berkeley Pit Boss or a uh, Sweet Beaver or whatever, just a small creature bait. They they're dialed, They're they're focused, or the bait that they're chasing is a smaller profile. Hmm. Once you do that. You can bounce around under the spots in the lake, and it's going to get bit. So just experiment, have fun with it. Don't take it too serious. Uh, I, I, am, I will. I mean, I can always talk about myself and not get in trouble. I am the the most guilty person on the planet for taking it way too serious. I forget it's supposed to be fun, right? <laughs> if you guys know this or not, it's supposed to be enjoyable. Uh, and I uh, I have a tendency to. To overcomplicate it and miss the fun in it, mm-hmm. uh, and don't do that. Don't don't do that. Enjoy it. Experiment yeah. with it. And if you don't catch anything, then you didn't catch anything. Go back next week. Yeah. Keep trying. Uh, we talked about that Tokyo rig. Put whatever you want to on the back of it. Uh, a really great bait this time of year, especially when it gets a little bit later uh, during the offshore season. All that means is it's the, the shad, especially on the Tennessee, the TVA, the gizzard shad. All mm-hmm. right, uh, you got threadfin shad, threadfin shad, and you got gizzard shad. Gizzard shad, I mean, they can get 10, 12 inches. I mean, they can get really good size. As it gets later, they continue to grow, obviously. And so the later part of that offshore season, those gizzard shad are getting bigger, and it's a great time to throw a big swim bait. And it's not a lot of fun to fish. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you. I mean, it's you throw it out and slowly roll it. It's not a lot of action. It's, uh, it's a lazy man way to fish. But it's and a simpler way. I mean, it's- it, it is. It is much simpler. Uh, if you're one of those guys, I, I, I mean, I'm high strung, so I mean, I want, I want moving, and shaking. And I'm just <laughs> wide open. Uh, it forces me to slow down. Um, but it is a simpler way to fish. And for guys that are not like me, that enjoy a more, a more methodical way. All right, just a more slow, a slower paced. Swim baits are killer because you're going to catch the biggest fish typically in the school because you're throwing something like this, which is a Yum yum Money Minnow. Uh, This is the 5-inch version. Uh, I throw a 5, a 6, and a 7-inch version. I mean, that's a a big bait. Mm -hmm. Uh, And typically, you're going to catch some really big fish with it. I like the Yum Money Minnow. Uh, I use it typically on this head. This is what's called an underspin. Basically, it's just a big uh, jig head. This has got, a I believe, a 5 ought and then it's got this little uh, spinner or uh, blade uh, on the bottom of it, yeah. and all it does is it just gives it a little bit more flash. Uh, I've got some that are built like this with the uh, with the blade. Then I have some without the blade, mm-hmm. uh, and it just really depends on again experiment, guys. You're throwing it see and see which one works. Yeah, you're throwing it without the uh, without the blade, the flash on it, not getting bit. Then just cut, retie, throw it with the blade, see if that changes things. I always like a blade. I personally, I, I like just it makes me feel like I'm adding another layer, yeah, another attractant to it, yeah. And sometimes that it could be too much, uh, and so that's why I like to have both. But nine times out of ten, the, well, every time, I'm gonna pick up, the, you know, with the blade on it, and then from there, I'll scale back. Because again, I want to layer every advantage I possibly can: sight, sound, scent. Mm-hmm. all of those senses that the fish have i want to tap into as many as i possibly can yeah and then i'll scale back if you know if i'm too aggressive uh-huh. and it just doesn't look natural so yeah. uh swim baits throw them out let them hit the bottom slowly reel them it's really that simple you can change it up a little bit um and we'll we'll talk well, actually we'll hit on it now sure you, it's called stroking it started with what's called stroking a jig all right so three quarter ounce jig Pretty, I mean everybody knows how to fish a jig if not watch this go back and watch the show YouTube it mm-hmm. anyway we won't spend a lot of time on it but what happens is when times are uh, on the Tennessee River where they're not pulling a bunch of current right so it's just there's very little current flow you've got to try to get them fish if they're not an aggressive they're not hungry you gotta you got to get their brain triggered right and then so to do that a jig coming by uh, in his mind it's just a slow crawl that if he's not really feel like feeding, uh, he's probably not going to do anything. But you take that and with, when you stroke a jig, what you're doing is you're allowing some line to get out, so you got some slack. And then I am going to swing it straight up as hard as I'm setting the hook. But all I'm doing is I'm snapping that slack, and what happens is right at the time of the jig coming, so I'm, I'm set the hook yeah. style. All that slack gets picked up, and right there at the very end, it actually the jig will shoot off the bottom straight up like a rocket, and. I don't move it very far because all I'm doing is I'm just snapping that slack uh-huh. and that jig will shoot, shoot right off the bottom and then slowly come back down. And what happens when you get, typically when you get bit is on two scenarios. When you first pop it and it hops off the bottom real aggressively straight up, instinct. He just snaps over and grabs it. Can't help himself. <laughs> or what will happen is if say they're suspended about a couple, two or three feet off the bottom, when it hits, the, when it hits its peak and it starts coming back down. That's when they'll hit it. Mm. Uh, It is a great bite. Uh, It is super aggressive. They're not biting necessarily because they're hungry. It's just their predatory instinct kicks in. Uh, Just kind of like when you get hit in the knee when they're checking your reflexes (laughs) at the doctor. Same exact thing. You're kicking people. Yeah. You can't can't help it. Same thing in their mind. That thing snaps. Same way you fish a spoon, by Uh the way. On a flutter spoon, you do the exact same thing. You have some slack, and you are going straight up with it really aggressively, and you're pulling all that slack at the very end. Is when your bait shoots up. You don't want to do that. When you've got your line tight and you try to do that, what you do is you wind up pulling that jig eight or ten feet away. Oh, well, yeah. you want the thing. You want that bait to shoot straight, straight up. up. Only move. I mean, you're going to move forward some. You just it's just natural physics hard, and I mean, momentum. Yeah. Uh, a foot or two. But you want that thing going straight up. Uh, and the same thing with the spoon. <laughs> you want it to go straight up. The spoon bite is a lot of fun. What's hard about the spoon bite is. You're not gonna necessarily. You're gonna feel the bite, but it's not gonna be a big thump because what when they usually hit a flutter spoon is you'll you'll hit it and it'll come up the bottom, you know, shoot straight out the bottom, and it'll start to flutter down. As soon as it starts to flutter, is when you get hit, or they'll hit it on the way up, and you'll you'll miss the bite. And all of a sudden, you just feel that thing get real heavy. Dude, it's a ton of fun. (laughs) It's an absolute ton of fun. It can be frustrating because you got. I mean, this is I think an ounce. And I believe the Magnus Spoon is two. Mm. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere in that range. It's heavier net. It yeah. does, And yeah. so, and it may be. I'm just strictly going on memory. <laughs> Todd, maybe we have to edit that out because I'm uh. way off. But I think it's somewhere in that range. But what happens is they bite the hook, and then the problem is you got all this weight.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: So they'll jump, and that thing will, this will actually work almost like a plug knocker. If you guys mm. ever get hung up and you drop a plug knocker down and try to get your bait out of a tree. Yeah. The spoons will actually like uh, act like a plug knocker and hit the top of that and pop it out. You're gonna lose them.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Rattle trap fishing. We've all fished, a, you know, a rattle trap yeah. or that type of bait. You have a tendency to lose some. It's just because there's a you know really big pivot point for them to shake it loose. But anyway, how we doing on time? we good. Yeah, uh, we got about three minutes. Three minutes. All right, so we're gonna hurry up. Hog farmer. Uh, this is a wobble bait. Um, we won't go into a lot of the specifics of it, but. Uh, it's a great bait to team up with uh, the castaic. I believe this is called the uh, Jerky J. Guys, I'm gonna tell you, it is like reeling in a tennis shoe. <laughs> it just—it's big. But it catches fish, and it catches massive amount of fish, huh. and it catches big ones. Um, this is actually a real big Tennessee River secret. That is no joke. There has been more tournaments won, big tournaments on the TVA chain using this this exact setup, the Jerky J. With the hog farmer, this is the uh, one ounce. You got three quarter to one ounce. Uh, it's it's not a ton of fun to fish because it is. I mean, you're it's a lot of resistance as you bring it in. Uh-huh. Uh, but dear Lord, it's a ton of fun when they bite it. Big ones. Um, all right, so we'll talk real quick on the soft plastic side of things for the Tokyo rig. Um, any worm. I'm a big fan of the Tokyo rig with the missile baits. Uh, this is the 6.5 inch quiver. It's a Fantastic setup. You can fish it deep or shallow. Obviously, we're talking about fishing it deep. It's a fantastic bait to use. Mm-hmm. One thing we did I didn't bring – I don't have it out here with us, but I do need to mention it. Um, if you're fishing out deep and you're not getting bit, just pick up the ball and chain, tie on the Carolina rig, <laughs> and, again, I get you. It's not that much fun to fish. It's just throw it out and drag it back. But it's the one thing that will consistently get bit offshore uh-huh. because if they're aggressive or if they're um, domiciled, it doesn't, they're, they're going to bite – the Carolina rig it's just it's it's too easy of a meal for them um they're gonna bite it so mm-hmm. I tell all this if you've got one rig you're gonna go out and fish deeper with tie on a Carolina rig you you, you can never you can never go wrong on the back of it you can use a straight tail worm uh, or if they're a little bit more aggressive let say they're pulling some current um the standard has always been the uh, brush hog mm-hmm. the zoom brush hog the full size one uh, Guys, you're gonna get bit you just I get it it's the ball and chain. They call that for a reason, but it just works. So, uh, want we'll to talk about that? You can always throw the D bomb uh, or creature bait on the back of a Carolina rig. I use the D bomb on the back of my jigs. A lot of fun. Um, kind of talked about the staple, which is a Zoom. Um, is that the color you talked about? No, plum was. Uh, that really- plum is the color. This is June bug. I mean, it's it's June bug, green pumpkin uh, are the staples any time of the year. Plum in the summertime just it it outshines them a little bit but you can still catch them on this yeah the other thing we'll talk about real quick is venting your fish Uh all that means is when you're pulling them up from being deeper you hook them at 25 feet and you i mean you just crank on them and you pull them straight off the bottom what happens a lot of times if they've been down there for a while is that their swim bladder uh, which basically controls their buoyancy that's what takes them up and down doesn't have time to acclimate to uh the pressure right so sure. as you come up that air expands right when you're down low it gets tight all yep. the pressure as you come up it expands if you remember scuba diving you know what i'm talking about well you have to do something for that fish if not uh it, it'll kill them um so a company called Ventafish, ventafish.com, ventafish.com uh, made a tool uh it's just if you can see that's a hypodermic needle uh you can just get a plain hypodermic needle won't, t- won't have the time to go into how to do it YouTube it. Super simple. You go in, and all you're doing is you're letting the that air that out. Pressure. Yes, yeah. sir. It just gets that pressure, so that fish won't die. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're real, if, that's turn me back up. That's tournament fishing. If you're going to put them in the live well. If you're out fishing, you're going to catch them and throw them right back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Because all he's going to catch them, reel them up, look at them, take a picture, and you throw them back in. He's going straight back to the bottom uh and to, obviously to decompress that uh, swim bladder so that's yeah. only for if you're going to keep them uh tournament fishing hypodermic needle jason holland fishing check me out facebook instagram youtube don't forget the three main things it's your faith your family and your fishing thanks again guys i, I, I love coming and doing the show it's one of my favorite things to do so thanks for having me yeah and uh hopefully i didn't mess up too bad i get back invited again so <laughs> We'll see. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Thanks for watching. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you next
1: time.